0: Planning a trip? Call my friend Jessica Vila from Sweet Bay Travel Concierge at 623-225-9609. While she can book a trip for you anywhere in the world, she specializes in Disney trips. If you're looking for a more luxurious and personalized cruise experience, Jessica can help you set sail in style with Disney Cruise Line's Concierge Level. This service gives you priority check-in and boarding, early access to your stateroom and show seating free internet, exclusive character meet and greets, a private sun deck, and more. But what if you don't want concierge level and still want to take a Disney cruise? Regardless of your choice, Jessica will make sure that every aspect of your cruise is perfect. She can also book you on an Adventures by Disney world-class travel experience. With over 40 adventures over seven continents, Adventures by Disney provides a culturally immersive, once-in-a-lifetime dream vacation. You'll get VIP treatment, the world's best adventure guides, special activities for junior adventurers, and more. No matter the destination, Jessica will put together that perfect trip just for you. She will literally handle everything. Begin your new adventure by calling Jessica at 623-225-9609 or email her at jessica at sweetbaytravelconcierge.com That's sweetbay, B-A-Y, travelconcierge.com Why have a regular vacation when you can have a magical one? all who come to this happy podcast, welcome. Hi, I'm Scott Jacobs, and this is season two of The Mouse and Me. On the show, I'll chat with my pals who come from all walks of Disney life, including Imagineers, dancers, technicians, directors, musicians, and stuntmen, and Broadway friends who have worked on stage and behind the scenes. We'll talk attractions, shows, food, characters, tips and tricks for planning your trip and navigating the parks, and more. Now, Put on your Mickey ears or your princess crown and enjoy season two of The Mouse and Me. Hello, Disney fans, and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host Scott Jacobs. If this is your first time here, welcome. And if you're returning, welcome back. Either way, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show, rate it, and leave a review. And if you'd like to support the show, visit Patreon.com/slash/TheMouseAndMe. Also, follow me on social media by searching The Mouse and Me. We post questions, pictures, information about past, current, and upcoming guests, and we do Fun Fact Friday. And if you've listened to some of the other episodes, you know I love my fun facts, so definitely check it out. All right, here we go. Today's guest danced as a rockette at Radio City Music Hall in New York City and was a performance coach for the Broadway production of Billy Elliot. Other shows include Three Musketeers, two different productions of The Tempest, and and two productions of a Christmas Carol. She has over thirty years of performance experience as a dancer, singer, actor, improviser, and interactive comedy voiceover puppeteer at Walt Disney World. Some of these credits include serving as a dance instructor for Disney Performing Arts, characters at special events, and performed in the Christmas Parade at Magic Kingdom, which was her first job. Beauty and the Beast, World Showcase Players, German Beer Garden Show, Diamond Horseshoe Review. Adventurer's Club, Comedy Warehouse, Flights of Wonder, American Idol, and Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor, where she is currently helping to fill the laugh canisters. Please welcome the wonderful, the talented, the entertaining, Joy Anderson. Hello, Joy!
1: How are you, Scott?
0: I am the best ever. How are you?
1: Oh my gosh! I think that was the best intro ever.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow. Oh, okay. That's great.
0: <laughs> You've done some pretty cool stuff.
1: Yeah, I've had a, I've had some, I've had a lot of fun so far.
0: <laughs> so I know that this is a Disney podcast, and we're definitely going to get to the Disney stuff. But I'd like to start with the Radio City Rockettes, if you don't mind.
1: Okay. All now. Right. Um,
0: I love that show. I've seen it a few times, and I know several people who have worked on that show. How did you become, when were you, and how long were you a Rockette?
1: Well, this was when I was dancing at the Beauty and the Beast show at Disney, and a friend of mine who was the dance captain, he wanted to go to New York to audition for, for a Broadway show and he didn't want to go there by himself and so he's so we were such good friends he said come on joy come with me i'm like i don't want to go to new york i'm happy being here in florida he's like but i need you know I'm, i've never been there i'm like well i've never been there either so we ended up going he's like i'll buy this ticket for you for your birthday let's just go you can go and and um and practice auditioning so i was like okay so i go i go to this first call he he'd gone to damn yankees he was going to a damn yankees um call, I went to the Peppermill Theater and I auditioned for uh, Oliver and I made it through a couple couple of uh, cuts and then ended up getting cut. And uh, so I went to the second audition that was kind of a um, uh, convention type audition, searched my way around in, in New York and found this little hole in the wall that I was going to audition at. And, um, and there was a girl sitting there with me and she said, Hey, I saw you at the, at the previous audition at, um, at the Oliver call. She said, you're a really good tapper and you'd be a really good Rockette. And I said, well, this is my first time in the city. I I don't, I don't really know where I'm going. She goes, well, those calls are, are until four o'clock today. And, um, she goes, I don't, I don't think you should audition here. I'll take you down there. Yeah, because so I was like, I don't know my way around the city. I don't know where Radio <laughs> City Music Hall is. She took me down there. We knocked on the back door. It was very much like um, uh, the Wizard of Oz, you know, when you're going to Oz. And he's like, nowhere, no how. Would there, no, <laughs> this is not going on. And uh, the girl I was with I and mean, I wish I remembered her name because she was just so delightful. She stood there and looked at the at the gentleman who, was, who had opened the door and he said, the audition's over. And she looked down at her watch and she's like, it's two o'clock. That audition says it goes till four. <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, what are you going to do? And I was so happy to be there with a New Yorker because I stood there with my dance bag going, oh no, oh no. And he came back and he gave us passes to come to the callback the next day. I get to the callback the next day. They're going through all the calls that they had done the previous day. So they had done a ballet combination, a jazz combination, a kick line combination a tap combination, I think there was four combinations, ballet, jazz, kick, and and tap. And I thought, oh, if I can just get it to the tap, you know, I'll be fine, because that's where my strengths lie, and um, get through the ballet combination. They were doing the combination from the day before, so when we first get there, they say, well, we'll review these combinations, and then we're going to do the same way we did yesterday, where we'll do the ballet combination, we make a cut. We'll do the jazz combination, we make a cut, we do a we do kick combination. We make a cut, and I'm like, "Oh no, I'm the worst at ballet. I'm I'm just not gonna, I'm gonna not gonna even make it through that." So I panicked through the whole day, and every time I got through to the next cut, I would have to frantically learn the next, you know, 16 or 32 <laughs> bars of of choreography. I, I made friends very quickly, and and I was like, "Oh my gosh, what are they doing?" And then the last thing we had to do, or or if I got to the tap the tap portion, I knew I was like home free. I'm like, I know that that's, I, if I could just get to the tap, that would be great. Get to the tap. I'm, you know, I breeze past for that. And then the last thing we had to do is it was a combination sing and be interviewed. And because the whole day was filled with this over excitement of, hey, can you go over this combination with me? Or, you know, trying to figure out what the game is, you know, in a, in an audition setting, it's all about how, how quickly can you learn, and and what are they picking, and who are they choosing? So I was asking a lot of questions, and I found out that for the very last thing, you go and you sing, and then they treat it as if you're being interviewed coming off stage. And there was a set of two questions, and either the questions were, what was your audition experience like, and was it your lifelong dream to be a rockette? Or it was, how did you get started dancing, and was it your lifelong dream to be a rockette? hmm and I was like, "Oh no! If I get that first question, if I get it, what my audition experience is like, I can't really tell them that I that the a girl that I was with at an audition <laughs> kind of kind of bullied our way into to the callback, you know. And there's there's thousands of women who auditioned for this, and we I, I bypassed that first call." You know, I, I I wasn't a I wasn't a kid of the Rockettes. My my family wasn't familiar with that. My family are all from Denmark. I'm the only one in my family born in this country. So, you know, that's not a, a staple in our in our family. But you know, here we have these questions and I'm thinking, Oh, I gotta come up with something. And, and I'm like, I you know, I'm talking about well, what is it the Rockettes do? They do the Macy's Day Parade and you know, they're poised women and they're smart and they have to be elegant and well spoken. And so I get into that last call and I sing. And I'm usually one of the one of the dancers who could sing. I, I'm not a great singer, but I'm a, I'm a good singer for a dancer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I finish that and the question comes out and I have a 50-50 chance and they say, how did you get started dancing? And I must have just been so excited <laughs> because I didn't get I didn't ask get asked the question. I'm like, I had a 50/50 chance and I've made it through this far. And so I, I incorporated the whole thing. You know, I said my sister started tapping. I love to watch her tap dance, and you know, went through that story. And then I just blurted out, "And it's always been my lifelong dream to be a Rockette."
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you know, I said my mother used to watch the Rockettes. She didn't. She didn't watch the Rockettes. It was my acting skills that were. <laughs> 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 um, but I was so excited that I answered both of their questions, and mm. they just kind of looked at me and said, "Oh." Well, thanks, Joy, That that that's really nice. And I left that audition and I thought, if I get that audition, it's because the entire day was was this series of steps that were just either, you know, the first part was all this mishap of I didn't even have to go to the first call. And then I had this opportunity. And so I kind of gave it all my energy and, and did that. And that's kind of been my career. Same thing hmm. happened with me at Disney. When I went to a, that Disney call, I was teaching dance classes and I, w- I went to this, the, the Disney call and I got cut and I was sitting in the, in the, um, in the theater, just watching who they were picking and the casting director, who was Ronnie Rodriguez at the time, he looked over and he said, did you dance? And I said, yeah, I got, I got cut. He's like, no, 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 we want you to sing. I'm like, no, I, I was cut. <laughs> He's like, no, we, we really wanted you to sing. And I went and I sang and that's when I got, I got hired. That was my, my first equity job. So when I got hired as the two day singer and three day dancer at the German pavilion. Oh, nice. It's kind of been, so the Rockettes, it's kind of my audition experiences for, you know, big ticket items has always been, oh, this is, didn't work out, but oh, Hey, wait. I did get an opportunity. And
0: right, right, right. To go through now, that. now, when were you a, a Rockette? I
1: was a Rockette in 94 and 95, 1994
0: and 1995. Okay. And did you happen to work with John Dietrich or Joe Honorado or Bill Bennett?
1: Bill Bennett is one of my managers and I love him.
0: Yeah, he's wonderful.
1: Yeah, he's I, I love him. He's one of my dear friends.
0: I just interviewed him last week.
1: Oh, yeah, he's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the first gentleman you mentioned, his name sounds very familiar.
0: John Dietrich, he was one of the choreographers. And he had done that for years for the New York production. And then Joe, uh, Joseph Honorato, he worked uh, stage management for that show. Okay. For years and years.
1: Was Joe, Was Joe? did Joe have a mustache and kind of a shorter, shorter guy with kind of... He,
0: he, black hair, Joe is shorter. Um, I mean, he has glasses now. I don't know if he had glasses back in the day.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm terrible with names. My entire career has been, hi, what's your name? Where are you from? What do you do? Ha ha ha. Hi, what's your name? So yeah. I don't remember, um, the choreographer when I was at Radio City was Bobby Longbottom.
0: Oh, and, okay. And, yep. uh,
1: and I believe, uh, another friend of mine who I stayed with when I re audition, when I had to audition, um, the second time, uh, for Radio City is Michael Clowers. And I know he was, uh, I think he was one of Bobby's, um, assistants.
0: Okay, both named I've heard both names a hundred percent, many, many yeah. times uh, throughout my career. Yeah,
1: yeah. I worked right. with Michael Clowers and the Beauty and the Beast stage at Disney. Yes, a lot, okay. a lot of actually, a lot of those people went off and did um, Broadway shows and and things like that. Lots, lots of girls that I worked with that did the Rockettes as well.
0: Now you mentioned Broadway show, and you were part of. Billy Elliot or, or, or you, you were a performance coach for Billy Elliot. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I had a student, um, my student, Kristen Smith. She was a student of mine when I first moved to Florida, wonderful tapper. And, um, she happened to be up in New York and I think she does, she, mm, she does some assistant choreography or dance captainy stuff with, with some of the, um, some of the directors up in New York. But they were, she was in in an office building and I think they were saying, Kristen, we have a boy. um, Oh gosh, now his name escapes me. Andre Acevedo, or Acevedo, that was his name. And he was a little kid who who was one of five of the Billy Elliot hopefuls. Mm -hmm. And he lived here in Florida. And she happened to be in an office somewhere, probably with the Billy Elliot people or with with that group of people. And they said, "Kristen, you're from you're from Florida, and you took classes there. We need we need to find a tap teacher for Andre, and we want to do like private lessons, and because uh, we want to brush him up on his on his uh, tap skills. <laughs> no pun intended. Brush him up. <laughs> uh, but uh, and she said she said, well, I'll, I'll call my I'll call my teacher." see if she wants to do it so i was you know i was working at disney and and she calls and she's like hey would you like to work for billy elliott on broadway would you like to train a kid i'm like um yeah that was (laughs) so i i didn't necessarily i didn't i wasn't up in new york i was here in florida and i was doing i was teaching um this wonderfully talented young man um who could do anything as far as a gymnast is concerned he could he he was a gumby boy he could he had amazing flexibility he was trying to decide if he wanted to go into a ballet company or do broadway and unfortunately mm-hmm. when we were training him we had gotten to the point and then in january i think i was training him in the summer and obviously as a billy elliott um you have to get them when they're young because they will grow out of their role right that was the following january is when they decided to close the show so all of that kind of you know all of their work of trying to train these young men, um, kind of went by the wayside. So I never got I think he was in line I think he was he was close to being put in the show, but then they mm-hmm. decided to close the show. So wah wah. But I did uh, get a paycheck signed from the Billy Elliott, you know, show. So that was very exciting.
0: Well that's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, you've had such a long and amazing career at Walt Disney World. You've done so many different things. When you transitioned from one show to another, were there large gaps of time in between shows, or did you move right from one thing to the next, or were you able to do more than one show at a time?
1: I have been one of those fortunate people, other than the pandemic and the Rockettes. I guess it's kind of ironic that I was let go from the Beauty and the Beast show as a dancer, and the same month I was let go from there was the same time I was offered the show in, in New York. Mm -hmm. So the first year I did radio city, I asked for a leave of absence. I, I was doing the beauty and the beast show. And I think I had to take, it was like a, I did a three week promotional tour in 94. And then in 95, I did the actual show. And I think those rehearsals started in September. And I think that's when my contract had ended um, at beauty and the beast. It was some, it, it was one of those things where either I, I, Oh, no, those contracts went up, I think, till May. And it was then that I had found out that that I wasn't going to be working at Disney. But that's when I got the same. I got the call to go and work in New York. So okay. um, I think I had a six month I had a six month gap there in the in the Beauty and the Beast time to do the Rockettes and then um, and then the the pandemic. And I think that was a you know, we were furloughed up until January. And then January to July, we were laid off. Okay. So, other than that, I've been I've been either full time or a two day person. I, I've always had uh, some sort of contract.
0: Okay. Now I have my own interesting stories, and I've heard a bunch of fun ones about auditions and getting gigs. Besides the Rockettes and coming back to Disney, do you have any other unusual stories about how you got into some of the shows?
1: Uh, wow. Well, you know. All of them are just, it's, it's kind of being in the right place, I guess, or making friends with the people who, who want to give you a chance. You know, I can remember, for example, doing the Diamond Horseshoe, and that character, her name was Wildcat Kate, and she was, you know, she just kind of, she ran the show, and she would, you know, next up we have the Dancing Girls, you know, kind of the MC of the of the program and that was born out of going out after a show and just talking with people and like oh you you direct this is, is there any way that i can that i could learn that i'd like to learn that as a sub so a lot of the shows you know some of the shows i've done as a sub for example the diamond horseshoe show i was a sub um, the american idol i opened that show as a sub so uh, I was doing the bird show. It was a two-day bird show at that time, but I learned that this one. So a lot of times, it was it was either you're talking to the right person, or you say something to to the director at the Adventurers Club and said, "Hey, I would like to learn the Comedy Warehouse. Is there any chance I could do that?" Oh well, let's send you to an audition. Oh, we know what she does over here. We can. It would be an easy transition over there. I went to the bird show. <laughs> I, I was in a contract meeting for Pleasure Island, I believe, and I kind of made it a joke that um I asked some of the other actors if they would just go in and ask the casting director if I could learn the bird show because I'm a bird person. You know, some mm-hmm. people are cat people, some people are dog people. Me, I grew up with a parrot. I have two par two parrots of my own here. And so I wanted to go in and do the bird show. And so some of the, some of my friends went into their contract meetings. And at the end of their contract meeting, they said, oh, and by the way, Joy needs to learn the bird show. <laughs> and so by the time I went in to talk to the casting person, I was like, oh, hey, by the way, I, I really would like to learn the bird show. And and Mike Corcus, he was like, why is that everybody wants to learn the bird show? Is it the schedule or whatever? And I said, no, I want, I want to do it because because I have birds and I've rescued I've rescued birds so mm. um so that was kind of okay and he said you're the only person who talked about the birds being the focus whereas you know maybe the other actors liked the schedule or they they liked the role I was like I really just want to see the birds and and it was I think it was just because I was enthusiastic about what the show was about sure sure compared to you know I just love it. And I've met some of my greatest friends. In fact, um, the girl that one of the girls that I met there, I was just on a, an African safari and we went on a safari together with a bunch of animal people. So yes, yes. um, Seeing
0: your photos and videos that you posted, Holy cow, they were gorgeous.
1: Yeah, it was, it was, it, there's nothing like seeing a giraffe coming over, you know, a hill walking up and they're, they're wild and hippos and lions and hyenas mm-hmm. and vultures and crown cranes and i mean it's just it's amazing it was amazing
0: you were also a consultant for the bird show at the san diego zoo is that right
1: yeah there's a the gentleman who runs the who the company that runs the bird show is nei natural encounters incorporated they they have shows all over and and the gentleman's name who owns that is Steve Martin not the oh. comedian but right. it's Steve Martin and um he's a world renowned bird trainer he's had shows all over they did shows in Texas and they had the San Diego the San Diego show and Steve asked a couple of us um there was two of the actors that he liked and he asked if if we would come out and do some show consulting out there And that was, that was a great experience, you know, seeing, seeing what, what the birds could do and how you can add a little bit of humor to that Mm -hmm. and, and adding the whole show element to, you know, a, a zoo program show.
0: It was great. You should be an ornithologist.
1: Um, yeah I ju- I'm not real good at remembering things like I'm like, what's the name of that? that? That's kind of my I'm not a trivia person. I wish that I could remember things and I, I kind of <laughs> I kind of blame it on I blame it. I, I don't really blame it. I kind of use the excuse that my entire career as an actor for years all most of what I do is say, hi, what's your name? Where are you from? What do you do for a living? and and then i make up a funny thing and and then a minute later i'm doing that you know as a different character talking to a kid and uh, you know so a, a lot of it is is mixed in with my real experiences you know sure, sure. for example at the comedy warehouse i have some scenes that i really believe that i was parasailing on a beach and I landed mm. with my, you know, with my co-worker that I had a crush on that I had given, you know, uh, I was their secret Santa. You know, I mean, I still remember scenes because they felt real. <laughs> so right, right,
0: right. <laughs> what did you think the first time you saw Kevin walking around Animal Kingdom?
1: Oh, I that was my favorite when I saw um, the parade. Mm-hmm. When I saw the parade, I just, uh, I was, I just had to follow that, that character. It was just so Fun. Such a fun thing. And I think that Kevin was in, you know, there's been a couple of different variations of the bird show. And they alluded to Kevin being in the show. But then then he wasn't it was it was the other it was the other characters that were in the in the bird show. And this was after I left the bird show.
0: They, okay. Now, was it called The Bird Show or was it called Flights of Wonder?
1: It's called Flights of Wonder.
0: Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, always now, I
1: call it, sorry, I, I use the actor term, oh, I do The Bird Show. <laughs> but yeah, it's Flights of Wonder.
0: Now, how long were you in that show?
1: I was the two-day actor for five years.
0: Wow. Okay. Okay.
1: It was when I was, I was working five days at Pleasure Island. And then they gave me a contract that they called The Fire Squad, which was three days at Pleasure Island and then two days at The Bird Show. So I okay. had a daytime and a nighttime show that I was doing, but they gave you know, gave me a five-day contract, which was is considered full-time.
0: I have to be honest. I walked by the Flights of Wonder Theater so many times and didn't see the show because I didn't think I'd enjoy it. I, I didn't think it would be entertaining. Joy, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> After I saw that show for the first time, every time I went back to Animal Kingdom... I saw the show. It was so interesting and so much fun and it was so entertaining. I I just, have you seen the new version?
1: Yeah, there's been a couple of different versions of it. Of course I'm, I'm biased. I like the one, I I like the one that I was in. I like that version. And during the pandemic, I think they had changed that program and that's when they put the characters in it. And forgive me who it's the dog and the boy from up. Doug, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when they did that, they changed the whole front of the of the show. And you know, I'm not a, I don't know much about you know the businesses that come in, but I do know that Flights of Wonder is an outside, it's an outside company. They bring the birds and they take care of all the birds. And basically, it's their show. And then Disney would put their overlay on it. And it wasn't until they put the characters in that they changed the front of that show it wasn't nearly as inviting for, like you said, you'd walk past and it really doesn't, it didn't feel like much, but I always thought it was the biggest gem there because it was the only animal show. Mm -hmm. And those animals are so well taken care of and it's, everything's done with positive reinforcement, but yeah, it's, it's such a, it it was such a thrill to have a little bird come and fly and land on your hand and take the flag away, you know, or bring it back or, um, I get to, I got to feed a, uh, East African crown crane, which is what I saw when I was in Africa. I got nice. to see a, a Andean condor, um, that flew after us. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was a thrill for me because I'm a bird lover sure. and, and again, I've, I've met some, some of my dearest friends are from that show.
0: Now, how long were rehearsals for that show?
1: That show I think was, a, is a two week process.
0: Okay. You know, you you
1: have to go in and then you have to train with, with the birds. You know, it's, uh, it's a little bit trickier when you're doing a show with animals because you never know what can happen. Um, Right, right, right. A little bit more so than, than people. People are a little bit more predictable, uh, Mm -hmm. on average, but, um, yeah, it was a two week, two week process for that show.
0: And we will be right back. If you're looking for a unique, finely crafted gift that's like no other, you have to check out bowandharrow.com. Bow and Harrow specializes in using reclaimed materials from a variety of sources to create heirloom quality products with their own story to tell. These incredible materials range from sports stadium seats to whiskey barrels to your favorite film locations and more. And every single piece they make is handcrafted in their Southern California studio. I purchased the black titanium twist ball pen, the Fitzgerald model, from them, and the quality and craftsmanship is second to none. To see their gorgeous pens, rings, cufflinks, cutting boards, serving trays, bottle openers, and more, visit bowandharrow.com. That's bow, B-O-W, and harrow, H-A-R-R-O-W, dot com. Bow and Harrow bringing customers the highest quality handmade products that exceed all expectations. And now, back to the show. Now, you mentioned the Comedy Warehouse and Pleasure Island. Can you talk a little bit about your time at the Comedy Warehouse and also at the Adventurers Club?
1: Yeah, I, um, I started at the Adventurers Club as a sub. I was working in the UK Pavilion at Epcot. We were doing uh, trunk shows. There's three people doing it. Uh, we would go and do a trunk show and oh, the streets sorry. there.
0: What's a trunk show? Just you you just like show you, up.
1: Yeah. You like you, you roll out with your trunk and you, you got three people and you got your costumes and then you pack up all your stuff and then you leave the street. Gotcha. <laughs> Everything fits in the trunk. Basically. Gotcha. We had a cart. Um, but I was there and I, and I was doing, I did the headdress ball, which was raising money. I think it raises money for HIV and for AIDS I had done one of the shows, volunteered my time to do it and I was a I was a placard girl. So, you know, I just go across the stage and I would and I would talk, you know, and I would say these silly poems and I would introduce Disney. the next act. And Reed Jones, who who has now retired from Disney, but he was a Disney um director. He came up to me and he's like, hey, can you can you do that voice all night? I'm like, I don't see why not. And so I he's like, well, why don't you come and audition for the Adventures Club? And I had never done anything quite like that. That was a little bit more immersive type work. And um, there was another audition where I just just did things wrong. And it was funny. And, you know, for example, they were they were watching me, uh, you know, inter- interact with a guest a pretend guest who was who was the assistant director and he sat down in a chair he's like okay well like sit sit on their sit on their lap and like you know pretend like you're you're singing and then you can you know and I completely sat with my back to read and and he's like um joy you might want to you might want to turn so we can see your face from the audition I was like oh yeah that might be helpful (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah so i I went and I did that and i I got that job as a as a sub at first, and so I subbed the French maid my maid's name was gabby gabby normal <laughs> and um and all the all the French maids had their own names and um yeah that was a two week i think that was a two week process as well and like three days before we were to open, they say, oh by the way <laughs> by the way, you have to do a, uh, your own show, a 20 minute show by yourself. I'm like, how it would. And so I, I, I wrote my own show that I tap danced in and, and, um, you know, they, they kind of, um, workshopped it with me. Some of the nice. other, some of the other girls in the show that they were just real helpful. And, and I just wrote, wrote a show that was to my to my skill set. So I went to, to the Adventures Club and then I, I was a sub there. And I I can't remember the timeline, but I'm thinking that it was summertime, but I was there for 5 years. And then the Adventures Club director, who was not Reed after that, Reed Reed uh moved up and Reed was in charge of all the directors by the time he retired. He just recently retired. He's wonderful. But uh, there was another gentleman there who was who was hmm directing and i i was train i think it was training somebody in and and that director said you know you should you should do this more often or whatever and so we had a really nice rapport with each other and i said hey i'd really like to learn the comedy warehouse i'm fascinated with that i've never i've never done pure improv stuff like that you know the adventures club was scripted and then we would we would call it a schmooze set. You'd go out and schmooze people, and you know you'd figure out little bits. Um, but comedy warehouse is more like mm-hmm. whose lines in anyway setup, mm, okay. where you know yeah. improv games. We would sing. It was very very slick. Everybody there was usually a good singer, a good improviser, a good actor. And um, and I asked, I think the first time I went in. Um, the director I I got the call for the audition and and I ended up I I was very confused because I I I kind of expressed that I wanted to do it but I was a little more scared to do it and and I called my friend Mark Mark Bergren, who was the director of the comedy warehouse at the time and I'm like Mark I think there's been a mistake and he's like What do you mean? I said I was called for this audition, and he's like, "Oh no, I I put your name in for that." I'm like, "You did?" I'm like, "Mark, I don't I don't improvise like that. I think I need to take a few more classes." He's like, "Ah, no, just just treat it like a treat it like a a workshop. You'll be fine." I was like, "Okay." So I went, and then I ended up working at the Comedy Warehouse for eight years. Wow. Um, the last and the last. The last year, I believe, of that contract, it was the last year or the last two years. I was the fire squad. I w- had three con, three stages on my contract, so I was two days at the Bird Show and th- the other three days at, at um, Pleasure Island, which was whatever they needed me. If they needed me at Comedy Warehouse or if they needed me at the Adventures Club, and it was me and another actor who who were considered fire squad. Nice. So yeah, it's a nice variety.
0: Now, in my intro, I mentioned that you currently spend time at the Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor, helping to fill the laugh canisters. How long have you been hanging out there?
1: I have been there, I want to say, 13 years?
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's it's been really good.
0: Now, how did that position come about?
1: That was, uh, hmm. well... Unfortunately, I, my, my second husband passed away on my second wedding anniversary and I was in a bad place. And, um, and, and I was two days at the bird show and then pleasure Island had closed. And so I don't know if somebody was looking out for me, I would like to think, you know, somebody was looking, looking after me and, and trying to find, uh, a little bit more work for me Mm -hmm. and, um, I did go in for the audition for monsters and I was, I ended up getting an, a three day contract at monsters. So I was two days at the bird show and three days at monsters. And I think I did that for a year. That's a, that's a kind of a foggy time for me. Cause I was, I was going through a lot of grief. Sure, so, sure. um, so I, I believe that might've gone on for about a year or so. And then, and then the contract, a full contract came open at, at the monster's laugh floor. So I picked up the other two days and then they put another very funny guy and in, in, at the bird show.
0: Okay. And and so, and so now you're there five days.
1: I'm there five days a week. I worked okay. today and nice. tomorrow's my I'm off on Sundays and Mondays, which is fun.
0: Usually. Right. <laughs> now, how long was the rehearsal process for that?
1: That one was a tough one. That's a three week process. Now mm. that, that's and, and that process because there's a lot of there's a lot of different elements to that show, and it's not for everybody. you certainly have to be a multitasker to be able to do that show. So sure. three weeks three okay. weeks is almost doesn't feel like enough but
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yeah three
0: yeah I mean, I know you and I talked offline and there are a lot of moving parts, so i I, I can see three weeks. yeah, I'm surprised it was only three weeks.
1: Yeah, because there's, you know, there's, 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 yeah, there's so many different elements of that show. And there's different scenes that go on in that show. So there's lots to learn.
0: Sure. During each show, audience members are featured. And probably the most memorable is that guy. How far in advance are the guests chosen?
1: Well, that's the fun part of that show. There's a new show about every 15 minutes and 38 seconds, there's a (laughs) new group of people that come in and, and the monsters are great because they get to look out into the audience. They get to see who they want to play with. And, you know, um, you could, you know, if you're that guy, you could be the guy with the loud shirt, or you could be, you know, you could be the, the guy who looks like the fun dad. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's literally each show, each show, the monsters get to meet new people and it's, it's that's the lovely improv part of that is that you can go and see a show and you'll see, you can see like a same, um, script scripted parts. There, there are some scripted parts, but quite often it's the guests that make this, make the show magical. Mm -hmm. And you know, you'll, you'll see little kids that, you know, want to sing. Um, I've seen guests stand up in the middle of the aisle and do a standing backflip. Um, wow. Yeah. I've seen, you know, I've seen little kids get up and and sing and they're amazing. You know, they want to be a singer when they grow up. I've, uh, we, we just, we get all sorts of people. Sure. And, and I think it really is, there's something for everybody, you know, and you can come back, you can come back and you'll, and you'll have, you'll have different types of fun because you'll have, Uh, The monsters are playful in different ways. Oh,
0: sure. Yeah. Every time I'm in Magic Kingdom, we see the show. And yes, it's the same scenes, but it is a very different experience every time. We love it.
1: Yeah, it's awesome.
0: Now, how many shows happen a day? And are you involved with all of the shows every day that you're scheduled?
1: Okay. So there's... Uh Monsters Laugh Floor is an attraction, so it's an ongoing thing. So, like I said, the, the show can be 15 minutes. I think it's I have 15 minutes and 38 seconds. If you were to do a perfect show, that's what the length would be. But you know, like I said, sometimes you get somebody who's doing a standing backflip, or sometimes you have, you know, 20 people in a show, so there's not as much media material. So we're averaging. A little over four shows in an hour. Okay. So however long the park is open, you know, the park hours vary. So I can't, you know, that's a, that's a day by day question. But if you figure, you know, if the monsters, if we, if, if we open at 10, you know, we go till seven, you've got, you've got, you know, do the math. <laughs>
0: fair, fair. But, but but so you're scheduled from like, uh, from park open to park close?
1: No, they'll, they'll there's, um, the monsters really like to they they like to do, you know, they like to do a couple of shows and then and you know and then they then they'll hang out for a little while and let and let the other monsters sure sure <laughs> go, you know. So it's the work day is it's rather short, you know. Okay. We can, we can we'll do I don't know, 10 shows. 10 okay. shows we could do. So that's what, three hours, you know, but there's, um, yeah, the monsters, they, they need to take a couple of breaks every so often. You know? <laughs> so they might, they might do two shows and then you never know. You never know if the, if the show's not going to happen.
0: <laughs> Talk to me about how the characters move. Are they set physical actions and the lines are delivered accordingly? Or is there something being worn that captures the body movements and facial expressions?
1: Um, well, I think each character like any character in any play and any movie they have their set of uh, movements. You know, if you're if you're to see Jack Sparrow, he has a particular walk. If you're to see Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins, you know, she walks a certain way. So each of the monsters they have their particular ways in which they move. So, uh Depending on how they're, they're reacting to the audience, it's, their movements are according to that. And, okay. And they're, they're reactive to what's happening.
0: Okay. Does that help? It, I understand. <laughs> okay. So we recently got back from Paris, and we were over there for about a week, and we spent two days at Disneyland Paris. When we were talking, you told me you were there, sort of? Yes, yes.
1: Oh my gosh. I was, I went uh, with my friend, Amy, who was, um, who was at the bird show with me. This was a, and, and that I went to Africa with. We mm-hmm. went on, uh, <laughs> she went on a trip of all bird shows and I kind of, I call my sa- myself a vacation bomber because now I've <laughs> kind of, I'm like, Oh, you're going, can I go? And then I don't have to plan anything. I just kind of hop along with, you know, whoever doesn't doesn't have somebody to travel with. And her boyfriend didn't want to go on this trip because she was going to go see nine different bird shows in England and in France.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So we went, we went to France and stuff. And when we came back, we were flying out of Paris and Amy had to be at the airport. Amy lives in Dallas now or no, now she lives in Atlanta, but then she lived in Dallas and I live in Florida. So, We had to get to the airport at the same time and her flight left seven hours before mine did. So I was like, what am I going to do? I got got seven hours and I didn't really want to go into the city in Paris because I didn't really know where I was going. So I saw the Disney bus (laughs) and I'm like, how much does it cost to take the Disney bus? And so it was like $60 for a round trip to Disneyland Paris. And I'm like, "Well." I'll go and I'll I'll have lunch on Main Street. And I'll go and I'll go to the parks because I can get in for free because I have my Disney ID.
0: That's right.
1: So, yeah. So so I was like, well, it's only gonna cost me $60. I'll go in and I had to drag my luggage with me. And I got I got, you know, you have to go to all the stops at all the all the resorts. I'm like, I'm never gonna make it. I'm never gonna make it to the park. <laughs> but I did get to the park and there's the um and forgive me because it was completely unplanned there's the the hotel that's right over off to the right of where the magic kingdom is and i can't remember if it's like a grand floridian but i i wheeled my luggage in there and i talked to the, you know there, there was a nice man at the concierge and i said i you know i'm here i'm waiting for my flight do other lockers and he's like ah we will keep your <laughs> we will keep your bag here And so they let me put my bag for for free because I was a cast member and I went in and I I went on It's a Small World and I don't care what anybody says. I thought it was completely enjoyable listening Mm -hmm. to It's a Small World in French and it completely delighted me. And um, I went on the mine train. That was really crickety. And I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that before I'm going to go on an airplane flight home. And... I had lunch I, you know i think i had i don't know a piece of pizza or something on main street that i thought was fun just people watching mm-hmm. and then i watched the um the cinderella or it was the princess show there was the princess show and i thought it was the funniest thing because it it was in true disney style where it was the show that never would it would never end <laughs> because they kept they would keep saying you know oh ah! And then the, they, the, the actors and the dancers would move around, and they bow, And then <laughs> it'd be like, "It's almost finished. It's Disney." <laughs> and, then it would, and then it would continue on even longer. And I thought, "This is, this is true Disney style." And it was, it was beautiful. We you, you saw all the princesses there with their princes, and you know, oh, it was so hot. But the music and and the the never ending Disney finale just made me, it made me giggle. So I got to go there and it was, everything there is much lower. And I think it's because of building codes. Like they can't build up as high. I don't Mm. don't know what it was, but it felt very spread out, but it looked right. Am I right? It did. Yes. Yes.
0: I mean, the, to me, the only thing that looked massive was the castle.
1: Yeah. And And by massive,
0: I mean like really, truly Huge. I mean, to me, it seemed like it was like twice, and I know it probably isn't, but it right. seemed like it was twice the size of right. Cinderella Castle in Florida. Yeah, but it was. It was such a beautiful castle, and I think because there were these hills that went up to the castle, and then there were the the trees which were in perfect right. square shapes, which was so neat. Yeah, and of course they used forced perspective like nobody else. And um, yeah, well, you
1: know, those, you know, they get smaller. Those little bricks yes. get smaller. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, as compared to, if you go to, um, Anaheim, I had, I had friends the first time I, first time I went, and I think the only time I went there, my friend said, now don't laugh when you go down main street and you see the castle. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I, he said, that's all I'm saying. It's all I'm <laughs> saying to you.
0: It's cute.
1: It's, <laughs> right. it was the same thing. And I, and I, I walked around the corner and I, I kind of. I kind of put my hands on my knees and I, I giggled a little bit when I saw that one for the first time. But yeah, but Paris felt Paris felt just widespread, which mm-hmm. maybe made the castle look that much more grand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I loved I, lo- I wished I would have had more time or I, I didn't really again, I'm not a big planner. I kind of I'm more of an improviser. I'm like, OK, that's why I'm the vacation bomber. I like to go <laughs> and and be like, OK, let let's see what I can see here, you know.
0: Well, if, if you ever plan or bomb a vacation yes. over to Paris, <laughs> right, um, I'll give you the name of an amazing restaurant in Paris. A good friends of ours, uh, uh, he owns it. He's a chef, and I'll give you the name of the restaurant. Well, it's it's oh, if they listen to this episode, they're going to laugh at my pronunciation. <laughs> I believe it's pronounced Plein West, P L E I N O U E S T. That's the name of the restaurant. Okay. And not because they're our friends, but the <laughs> the food was remarkable. Right. It was some of the best food I've ever had.
1: And so, did you stay at? Did you stay in and at Disney in Paris, or did you stay in Paris?
0: So here's the craziness of our vacation. So we we landed at about noon on Saturday. We spent mm-hmm. the day with our friends on Saturday. We slept in Paris Saturday night. We woke up. Early on Sunday, we checked out of the hotel, we took the train to Disney, and then we stayed one night at Disney. We did two days in Disney. We took the train back to Paris, checked back into the same hotel, and then just stayed there the rest of the trip.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow.
0: We did it. Yeah. We made it. We were walking zombies, but we did it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. The, the travel time. Europe's not too bad. Let me tell you, drive, I'm flying back from Nairobi- from Africa. Oh, I it, was, it was a 34, 34 hours after nine hours of having a day after nine <laughs> hours of, you know, we, 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 you know, we went out on a drive and then we had breakfast and then we packed and then we had lunch and then we went to the airport. And then when we got to the airport, it was 34 hours be- before I got home. It's, it, you know, that, that just takes you, that takes five days to recover from yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, It was,
0: Well, I remember, so so we, uh, you know, I mentioned we got in at noon. So uh, the first night at that hotel in Paris, we had two separate rooms. They they couldn't get us adjoining rooms. Uh Our second stay, you know, after Disney, we had adjoining rooms. So it was great. So that first night, it was Ben and me in one room. Right. And Tracy and Ella in the other room. And it was like 2.30 in the morning. And I happened to just... You know, uh, cough and 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 I sat up in, in bed and I, I coughed a few times and Ben's like, Are you okay? And I'm like, Yeah, but are are you not tired? Like you're usually sleeping, you know, until eleven o'clock in the morning. He's like, I'm wide awake. I'm like, Yeah, so am I. Like Ben and I were ready to go. And it was two thirty in the morning, like ready to go. So he's like, Um, And he kind of felt, I can tell he kind of felt a little guilty asking this, but he's like, uh, dad, uh, do you want to maybe walk around the city? I'm like, (laughs) uh, sure. So we, you know, we put on regular clothes and we started walking around Paris at about three in the morning, walked around for a couple of hours. And when the, when the sky started to get a little bit light, we went back to the hotel Went back to the room, waited a couple of hours watching YouTube and Disney Plus or whatever until Tracy and Ella got up. They're like, Hey, how was your night? How'd you sleep? We're like, Well, <laughs> this is what we did. And, and so, all right. So, what, what was really funny was as we're walking, a rat scurried across, like right in front of us. And I'm like, Oh, a rat. And without a pause, Ben's like, Oh, don't worry. In this city, they're all chefs. I'm like, nice.
1: <laughs> how old is he? He's eighteen. Okay. okay. Oh, well,
0: even better. <laughs> but without a pause, he referenced Ratatouille, and All I was nice, out of my boy. Nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I never got to see that. You know, when they had that at, at Epcot. Did you ever get to go see? Um, what was it? They had the little. Wasn't it the little rat in the in the restaurant there?
0: The, they have the little attraction house. Remy's Rat. Remy.
1: Uh, that's what it is. Yeah. But the Ratatouille. Yeah. Have you been on that new one attraction? Yes. Yes. I love that. Oh, it's wonderful.
0: It's wonderful.
1: Yeah. And so,
0: so so I was super excited to ride that attraction in Paris, right? Yeah. Okay. We're in Paris. We're riding, we're going to ride this attraction. That's You know, the movie is in Paris and it's all about France and Paris and it's going to be great. And so we go over to Walt Disney Studios Park and we get in the queue and I'm so excited and I'm on the attraction and I have to say Epcot is better.
1: Oh, okay. Good to know. It's
0: better for, and I don't, I, I can't imagine that this was the case, but like the rat mobile or the the, the ride right. vehicle like it didn't shake when 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 the rat was running oh right it just uh, sat still right. um there was no water spritz when when the mop right. you know goes there was right. no right. water spritz um when you're under the oven and the fire gets turned on to full force no there was no heat
1: Oh, so I I'm wonder thinking, if that's, I wonder if they added that. Maybe that was you know part of an enhancement of it. You know,
0: they had to have because because like I said, I I can't imagine that all three of those elements weren't working. Yeah, it just seems yeah, really those
1: strange. Are, you know, you're just describing that. I'm like, oh yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I had gone on it when they had cast previews. I went on it with a friend of mine, and then he had me go on it with him. We, like we had, you could make a reservation with a get with another you know, with the guest. So he was like, I'll I'll go on it with you. Okay, let's go back. Okay. (laughs) So so we went back and then we had, we had some crepes in the, in that little restaurant um, outside in the corner. Yes. Oh, yes. 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 And we tried some of those and we had, we, we had a cast member discount for that, which is always good when you're going to spend, you know, when you spend time in the parks, it's always a nice little perk to get. Oh, sure. To get a little something.
0: So the last time I rode Remy's Ratatouille Adventure in Epcot, I noticed one of the cast members name tags and it said Paris. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going in like a week. And she's like, oh, and I'm not going to try and and do her accent. Uh, But she's like, oh, I used to work on Space Mountain there. And I still have friends who work there. I said, oh, well, let's take a picture and I'll show them your picture. And so we took a picture. So now we're in Disneyland Paris And the very first attraction that we just happened to do was uh, Space Mountain or or Hyperspace Mountain. And so I pull up the photo of this young lady and I said, do you know her? And one person's like, oh, no, I just started here. I'm like, oh, okay. And then, you know, we had to get on the ride vehicle and, and we did the attraction. Then when I got off the ride vehicle, I said to the cast member, oh, do you know her? Oh my gosh! Oh, and she called over her coworker, and the coworker looked at the photo, and they're both screaming and Aww. smiling, and oh, we love her, we love her! And so I took a photo with those cast members. So oh. whenever I go back to Epcot, if I happen to bump into her, I'll be able to show her.
1: Oh, that's great!
0: Yeah, you probably it was did. really neat. Do you
1: remember people's n- names and faces?
0: <laughs> faces, yes. Names, no. I mean, at work, I work with oh, there must be a couple hundred people. Yeah. Uh, and you know they come and go on, on, on a rotating basis. We all don't work the same shifts, but I probably know less than half of the people's names. Like yeah. I'm terrible. Terrible. <laughs> now now your name again is uh,
1: it's J. Oh
0: Joy, Joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, of course. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh boy.
0: Over the years, you've seen a lot of changes at Walt Disney World. What's something that you wish would never change? <laughs> I know, that music means that we are out of time for today, but don't worry, Joy will be back next week where we finish our conversation about which Disney villain she thinks should have their own ride, what show she'd create for the parks, her favorite snack, ride, character, and so much more. Please subscribe to the show, rate it, leave a review, and follow me on social media by searching The Mouse and Me. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. I hope you have the best day ever, and see you real soon.